welcome to Hoots Hollering, the weekly Hoots Media Network variety show. I'm James. This week we have a new show idea for you to check out. So we mentioned a few times that um, one of the reasons we wanted to do this show was to showcase different creators around the, the Hoots Media Network. Um, we've had interviews, we've had get-to-know segments, things like that. We've showcased, we tried. And one of the main things we want to do is to allow people a space to come on and try out either new um, segments or new show ideas, things like that. So this week, uh, Patrick, who's been on quite a few times um, already, he's one of the hosts of We Tried. He also has a um, YouTube show with Lisa called A Couple Looks. And then he's a frequent guest on OK But Why with Lisa, his wife as well. This week, he's got a show idea that he wants to try out called It's Not About Me. Um, So let us know what you think. Uh, If you want to tweet at us, give us uh, feedback on this show. You can kind of, it's it's in its infancy right now, so you can kind of shape uh, how the show turns out. If you want to tweet either at Hoots Holleran on Twitter or oh no Patrick on Twitter, or you know just get at us any other way that that you you know how to already, and uh, let us know if you think this is interesting, or if you want to hear more, or if you have any ideas for for future shows. All right, thanks for hollering at us. It's not about me. A show about people that have made me the person that I am. There'll be stories and interviews and bears, oh my. Thanks for being here. I mean that. Thank you for deciding to spend 30 minutes of your time listening to me ramble. This is It's Not About Me, except that this episode is. I want to tell you stories. As the title implies, these stories aren't about me, or at least they're only tangentially about me. I want to tell you about the people that I have known in my life, family, friends, people that I only met once that have stuck in my head. I want to tell you about friends that I've made that I've lost track of, and friends that I've known since I knew what friends were. To get there, though, I need to tell you a little bit about myself, where I came from, where I am, and where I'm hopefully going. For context, if nothing else, I'm going to use this first episode to talk about the things I love, the things maybe I don't love, and all kinds of stuff, warts and all. If you're still here by the end, I promise this will be the last one about me. Probably. I grew up in a medium-sized small town in East Tennessee, I was the only child on both sides of my family for quite some time. Well, I had a cousin from the same generation, but she was 12 years older than me, so you can imagine that I was pretty spoiled. You know that kid that's having a meltdown in Walmart because they didn't get the laser tag set they've had their heart set on for the past four and a half minutes? Yeah, that was me. I didn't take no very well. I lived in East Tennessee for pretty much my entire life, except for the brief stint that we had in Warner Robins, Georgia. My dad got a job as a civil servant with the Air Force there. He liked it. Mom and I hated it. So we moved back to Tennessee. The day before we moved to Georgia, though, I received a gift that would change the course of my life. 
I'm sure you expect it to be a musical instrument or a set of paints or dance classes or something. It was not any of those things. The gift I received the Christmas of 1988 was a Nintendo Entertainment System. In 2019, streaming, games journalism, programming, etc. has made gaming an artistic outlet that in my opinion is just as viable as any other. Music, visual arts, dance. In 1988 though, I was nine, and I wasn't thinking about any of those things. I was thinking that I needed to beat Contra without using the Konami code just as fast as I could. The day after Christmas, the day after I got my Nintendo, we moved to Georgia. The reason that the NES was life-changing for me was twofold. One, it helped me ignore the loneliness and disjointedness that I was feeling from leaving my family and friends back in Tennessee. And two, once I began to venture out of my bedroom, I met a bunch of other kids in our apartment complex with NESs. It was an instant conversation starter. I could walk up to just about anyone around my age, say something about Contra, The Legend of Zelda, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and instantly make a friend. I started figuring out that talking to people wasn't as scary as I expected it to be. It was a weird lesson for a 9-10 to 10 year old, but a necessary one. Having just moved to town, my parents weren't flush with cash by any means, so trading games became a way of life. You had to be a slick salesman if you wanted to trade someone a copy of Super Mario Bros. slash Duck Hunt that came with the console for their copy of Punch-Out, even if it was only temporary. After a couple of trades, I could have sold dance lessons to Alexander Hamilton. Uh, okay, that's not a great analogy, but I'm gonna leave it there for you musical theater nerds. I turned 10 in Georgia, and a couple weeks after my birthday, we moved back to Tennessee. I do wonder, even now, 30-something years later, if my dad was really happy there, and how much he gave up to move back home with his family. A couple of years after we moved back home, I received another life-changing Christmas gift. A trumpet. A nice one. I'd fallen in love with playing the horn and with music in general, and my parents thought enough of my skill and desire to learn that they bought me a trumpet that was beyond my ability at the time. I ended up carrying that horn with me through high school and through college, and I still have it now. Because I stuck with it, I became comfortable talking with and interacting with adults in various musical industries, directors, conductors, composers, etc., the gift of the trumpet took me on a tour of Europe when I was still in high school, which is still one of the highlights of my life. Like I said, I was an only child, at least until I was twelve and a half, and then, surprise, my parents told me I was going to have a sister. Now, by this point, there were plenty of kids in our extended family, but in my immediate household, it had been just me for so long, I had no idea how it was going to work. Looking back, I don't envy my parents. They had a teenager in the house and a newborn at the same time. Not only did they have a tween in the house, they had a jealous one. I was not super pleased at having competition for love and gifts. I'm surprised they didn't toss one of us out of the house to be raised by wild animals. Then I started high school, and my mom started college at the same time. It was a dark time for all of us. My dad and my two-year-old sister had a moody teenager to contend with and a moody college student. Mom was stressed because of school, and I was... Well, frankly, I was kind of an asshole because I was a teenager. There were fights, groundings, all kinds of yelling, 
but we came through okay. <sighs> Familial love, it's something else. I made it through high school, my mom made it through college, just in time for me to go off to college. I started as a music performance and slash education major, but then I transferred schools to be closer to home. For a little while, I was a broadcasting major, then a theater major, an English major, a major in messing around, and finally I made my way back to music by way of voice. And I promptly decided that I wanted to do other things instead being a good student. I wanted to be a DJ, an RA, and I wanted to date. Well, it was more than I could handle, as you can imagine, and instead of giving up one of those other things, I started failing classes and I dropped out of school. I got a job in the library industry. The library industry? Is it an industry? Huh. Well, sure, it's an industry. Then I got sick. Like, almost died sick. I was in the ICU for several days and in the hospital for more than two weeks. So many people showed up to visit and support me, it was kind of amazing. Family and friends came out, and at one point I had two ex-girlfriends directly across my hospital bed from each other. I woke up from a morphine haze to find them both staring at me. I thought maybe I had woken up in hell. Turns out, I was not. They were just very concerned about me, and I appreciate that. Some of the folks in my family, some of my friends, I'll talk about in an interview in later episodes, so we may revisit this part of my life then. Not long after I recovered, I met my wife at the library. We both worked there. The first time we talked on the phone, she was asking if I would substitute for a staff member at another branch library because they were sick. When she hung up the phone, she said, I love you. Turns out, that was the truth. We met face-to-face -face not long after that and started dating. We saw each other almost every day for five months, and then I proposed to her. We got married in 2006, and we had a son together in 2012. We just celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary. She's fantastic, and I love her very, very much. I sing in the local opera chorus and perform frequently with local theater groups. I'm an IT technologist at an SEC university, and I'm the music director at my church. I love my family, music, video games, and loads and loads of other stuff. And that's me. This is, probably, the last episode that will be about me. From here on out, I'll be talking about and talking with folks who have had the biggest impact on my life. Some of them, like my great-aunt Peggy, have unfortunately passed away but I'll be sharing memories about them and how they've affected me. The rest I hope to interview so that you can hear their stories from their own mouths. So thank you for giving this a listen. I hope that you'll enjoy the stories that my guests will have to tell and that I have to tell about them. And join us next time on It's Not About Me. A Hoots Media Production. Hoot, 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 ho